So I want to just start off a little bit different. Um, so, can I get a volunteer to read a verse? Okay, Christine, perfect. Can you, can you read a verse for me? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. Can you read that in your outside voice for me? Yes. Ephesians 6, Yeah. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel for peace. Your feet shod. That means you put your shoes on. And if you. <laughs> so, it requires some preparation. Properly shod. So some of you are looking funny, like you don't understand what that means. And I guess we'll just have to ask Christine about that. So <laughs> anyway, thank you, honey, for for, for uh, that. I was just so happy this morning. I don't even know why. Just, <laughs> right. Which, Which verse was that? Yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord. Okay. <laughs> Ask Christine if you like what is going on. Okay. All right, let's get started. Open your Bibles to Ruth. We we made our way uh, to the second half of the book, Ruth chapter three, verse one. Last week we saw the two harvests that Ruth worked through, and we just we looked at the different harvests in scripture. We we looked at the festivals that divide up the harvest, and what we saw through that study was that there you know there's a beginning to the harvest there's an end to the harvest and we ought to be laboring before it's too late to, to labor as as harvesters and so we, we saw that last week this week so all of that brings us to, to chapter three verse one then naomi her mother-in-law said unto her daughter shall i not seek rest for thee that it may be well with thee. And that's the verse we're going to be looking at this morning, focusing on rest. Rest, uh, finding rest in Ruth is actually the subtitle to this whole series because that is a theme. Now, as we explore it, we'll start to see it and what we're talking about. And we're going to really be getting into that this week, which is exciting for me because that's really the focus of this thing. That word rest is found a lot of times in your Bible. The first time is in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Okay. You'll be familiar with this. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. So, so if we would have read through Genesis 1, we would saw the creation of all things that God spoke into existence from, from the beginning of all. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. He set it apart because that, because that in it, he had rested from all his work which God created and made. And so that's the first mention of rest. And so what happened there is simply this. All the work was done. And there's still like the weekend. Like, like, like 
we still have another day in creation. And so because all the work was done, there was no more work to do. God rested. Now, there's a lot of different ways the word rest is used in Scripture. And the, the particular way we find it, we read about it, Ruth chapter 3, verse 1, Naomi asks, should I not find rest for you? It would be like <clears throat> finding a place for you to stop working, just a quiet place. Maybe sometimes like maybe it's your home or a place where you don't have to do all that work. And the Hebrew word is Manoah or Manoah. And it's it's got a Strong's number. I put that on there. And you can look up every time that word is used in scripture, the different ways it's translated using that Strong's number. But this morning, we're going to do a very simple exercise. And we're going to look at the seven different ways this Hebrew word is found in your Bible. Okay? And then from that, we'll see if we can't get some key points. And then, and then that will launch us into our further study on Ruth. So you guys ready? You guys ready for that? All right, so the first time that we find this <laughs> word, I'm going to erase this real quick. I hope you guys got all that. You <laughs> didn't get all that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the first time is in Genesis chapter 8, verse 9. Okay, so we're going to look at seven different verses in our Old Testament this morning, and this is called okay, comparing scripture with scripture. So, we're going to get our definitions, our understanding, and applications by seeing what God says about this in, in the different places in scripture. So, Genesis chapter 8, verse 9 says, But the dove found no rest for the soul of her foot. There, there it is. That's our word. That's what we're looking for, rest. And she returned unto him, unto Noah, in the ark. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. Then he put forth his hand and took her and brought her in unto him into the ark. Now, they have been in that ark a very, very, very long time. Okay, so they're, they're in the ark. And here's this guy that, that, that Noah puts out the window. So it's been 150 days. Well, it's been, they went in in the second month. It's the 10th. Like, it's been a long time this bird has not been able to fly, which is what, what birds do. Like, I, I imagine, I don't know how much birds can, like, rejoice. But you know if you're a bird that's been stuck in a boat a really, really long time, the chance to get out and fly would have been just like, oh. <laughs> Like so this bird, this dove, um, <laughs> I should have practiced my drawings. So this bird, there we go, goes flying out. Now they sent the raven out, and then the raven would come back and just like hang out on the ark, but then go out because the raven's eating all that dead stuff that's floating in the water. But the dove goes out. <clears throat> and and what did the verse say? <clears throat> but the dove found no rest for the sole of her foot. It's got to be crazy, excited, takes off, flying up in the air, goes flying around. But after a while, after a while, that 
glorious new thing, this new opportunity just turned into mm, got a little tired out there. There's nowhere to rest. So what's the dove do? The dove comes back. So he's, you know, comes back and Noah puts on his arm and then, you know, that's where the bird comes back and then he's able to, to come back into the ark right there. <clears throat> Some birds could fly, like, like really, really fly. The Arctic turn. Like a six foot wingspan on a six ounce skeleton. And they they migrate like all around the world every year. Like they can fly really far. But at some point, it just gets too exhausting to continue to look for a place to rest and to not find one. And that's what happened in Genesis chapter 8, verse 9 with our dove. The second place we see this word rest used this particular way is in Deuteronomy. Turn to Deuteronomy 28. In Deuteronomy 28 is an amazing chapter. Okay. If you look at verse 1, so this is like the covenant that God was making. So last time the nation could not enter into the promised land because they wouldn't trust God and just go, right? They wouldn't trust Him. They're, they were afraid. So this is now the next generation that's been in the wilderness for a while. Like, like they grew up in the wilderness, and now they're ready to go into this promised land. And God's like, here's the covenant. But then you have to understand it's both blessing if you do it, and it's a curse if you don't do it. Right? So I'm giving you the right directions, but you have to understand if you follow them, you'll get to a great place. But if you don't follow them, you won't. So he's giving them both blessing and curse as he lays out this covenant. You guys are familiar with that, right? This is Deuteronomy 35. 55. Okay, and so what we see in this passage, if the, the nation will not follow God's commandment, we're in the second half of this, we're in the curse part. This is what they get. They're going to get scattered. Verse 64, the Lord shall scatter thee among all the people from one end of the earth even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which thou, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. And among these nations they shall, thou shalt find, shalt thou find no ease, neither shall, oh, here we go again, neither shall the soul of thy foot have rest. Does that sound familiar? Because wasn't that the dove's problem that there was no rest for the soul of her foot? And now the same thing with the nation of Israel. You won't have uh, rest for the soul of your foot, but the Lord will give you a trembling heart, failing eyes, and sorrow of minds. That sounds terrible. So it just sounds like here's a person and they've got a trembling heart, like that's what that is. Failing eyes. eyes. So whatever that looks like. like you have to eyes. wear glasses. So I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. Have to wear glasses. <laughs> 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 and then the like, like 
That's what that's what they get if they're not going to trust God. Is they're going to end up. They're not going to have rest. They're not going to have that peace. They're not going to have that place. Okay. And uh, well, yeah. Let's look at, at one more. Lamentations, okay, chapter one, verse three. This is the third way that this verse is used. Uh, This is the introductory portion to the lamentation. Judah has gone into captivity because of affliction and because of great servitude. She dwelleth among the heathen, she findeth no rest. All of her persecutors overtook her between the straits. And so, you know, if we were going to draw a map, We're going to draw a map of the promised land. We have the Jordan River. We've got the Sea of Galilee up there, and we've got the Dead Sea. Here, this goes all the way down to the Gulf, and then it comes back up, and then you have the Mediterranean coast, and then it moves over a little bit, like the Golan Heights up there. So this would be the nation of Israel, and then we have Moab. This is where Ruth was from. Okay, this is Egypt over here. And then this is the Mediterranean Sea. Okay, so this is the nation of Israel. This is the promised land. This is where God wanted them. But because of disobedience, because they did break that covenant, they end up, they're not here anymore. They're scattered everywhere else, all over, okay, in the Middle East. They're now scattered about as they've been taken from the Promised Land in captivity. And guess what? Judah's taken into captivity. Guess what? There's nothing in captivity. There's no rest. Okay, so here is the place of rest. The nation isn't here anymore, so there's no rest in the world. They can't find it. They're unsettled. They're not in the place that God designed for them to be. I don't know if you've ever felt unsettled. Christine and I, we spent a little time in the wilderness, and it wasn't like it was all miserable, but it was all restless. And here's the problem with, with um, this restlessness. Here's our verse that we've been looking at. But here's key point number one. Restlessness leads to exhaustion, like our dove. And it leads to disheartenment, discouragement, and depression. That's what trying to find satisfaction and rest in the world leads to. Because you won't find it there. You'll get two weeks of joy from the next new thing. You, anyone know what I'm talking about? You know, see that? A new toy or something? A new toy, yeah. But eventually, you just end up exhausted looking for something more coming. That's our first three uses of this word rest. Number four is in Isaiah 34. Isaiah chapter 34, verse 14. So in Isaiah, there's prophecies about 
judgment upon the nation of Israel, but there's also prophecies about other countries. Isaiah 34 is one is a chapter that talks about God's judgment, not just on Israel, but, but upon all these other nations. Look at, look at verse 1. Isaiah 34, verse 1. Come near, ye nations, to hear and hearken, ye people. Let the earth hear, and all that is therein, the world and all the things that come forth of it. For the indignation of the Lord is upon all nations. Okay, so we live in a fallen world. We're a fallen race in it. All right, so this in, in, in Isaiah 34, that gives us a little idea about the context. Look at verse 14. The wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island. And the satire shall cry to his fellow. The screech owl also shall rest there and find, it her, find for herself a place of rest. There shall the great owl make her nest and lay and hatch and gather under her shadow. There shall the vultures also be gathered, everyone with her mate. What a weird couple of verses. Okay, it's describing the whole land is just filled with these night creatures, these weird things that come out at night. You have your owls, your satires. And what that what that's saying is, is there won't be anywhere that's not filled with such sort of creatures. Now, what do we know about the fowls of the air? Scripture. They're associated with evil spirits. Okay, so the fowls of the air, we're in Isaiah 34, 14, right? Yeah, so uh, it talks about the screech owl is going to find rest. Okay, that guy can find rest in the world. Okay, so what this shows us is that the world in which we inhabit is actually the home of the devils. The world, the devil, and the flesh are all kind of in conspiracy together. That's how this whole thing works. Let's look at some verses. Look at Matthew 13. This will be fun. Matthew chapter 13, verses 4. This is the parable of the sower. So this guy's out sowing seed. When he had sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls, the birds, came and devoured them up. Okay, later in the chapter, the disciples were like, Jesus, that was a great story. I love that story. It's really good. What's it mean? Like, that, that, that. All right, so it's that. So he's explaining. This story. Look at verse 19. Or verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then comes the wicked one and carrieth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. Okay, well, he said it was a bird earlier. Now it's saying it's the devil who's coming and taking that away. Look at Revelation. Chapter 18, verse 2. We'll see another. Let's kind of verify it for us if we haven't seen it yet. Revelation 18, 1 and 2. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, has become the habitation of devils. 
and a hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. And so birds are, these unclean fowls are associated with devils. So I can tell you, if you guys want to hear a couple stories from the church planning and missions. Okay, so the first one, Rob Sanders is planting a church in Denver. If you're in Denver, let me know when you're going. I'll get you hooked up with Rob and go visit the church. But when it's nice out, they meet in the park. And they do praise and worship at the park. He preaches in the park, and, and it's a public thing. And, and one time, Rob's trying to preach, and here's all these ravens, all these birds, these unclean fowls, and they are absolutely competing with Rob. They're like, you know, they're they're raucous ravens. And so what, ladies? She's like, this is spiritual attack. Because yeah. Revelation chapter 18, verse 1 and 2, and Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to pray. So she bows her head and she prayed. It's like spiritual warfare prayers against the birds. And she looks up, and as she looks up, here comes this Canada goose. And this thing, if she was standing up, it would have hit her in the face. It's her testimony. Like it's just died, but like it's, it's right over the roof. Like it's flying at this height. And it buzzes her. This goes right past her, just like that. Isn't that crazy? Well, that one was. <laughs> so another story. We were in the No, they just kept going. See, the key is here's the key for spiritual attack. Don't quit doing what you were doing that caused the devil to try to make you quit. The point of spiritual attack is that God take the goose away. The point of spiritual attack is we're not going to quit praying. We're not going to quit preaching. We're not going to quit praising. I don't care if there's a goose or not. It's because the devil's just trying to distract. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it would have happened out in the country, probably someone's shot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hang on, hang on a second. I got another story. We're going to run out of time in India, we're preaching, we're, we're in a village, we're getting ready to do a discipleship conference, and Dan from Living Faithly Summit is getting ready to preach. So we're up on the roof on the second floor of this building. So the trees are, are like, we're at the same height as the top of the trees, because we're on the roof. So there's a tree right there. And so Dan's getting ready, he's getting hooked up with the mic, people are coming back from a bathroom break, and all of a sudden I look over and there's a bird. Looks like a crow, except it has a brown head. It's like an Indian crow or something. <laughs> so I look over again, and now there's two birds. I look around, and all this, there's all these birds coming. And there's a lot of trees in India, all right? Then, but they're all picking this tree right there. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. And as soon as Dan gets going, they all start squawking. Like, wow, compete, like they're trying to compete with Dan, which is exactly what was happening. So so the message, I, I think, and then so Dan just keeps it. He's like, look, this is how the devil's trying to distract us, to keep us from receiving the word. Are we going to let that work? And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. You know, but it, was, it is amazing. You know, my last trip, we're getting ready to do a, um, we're celebrating a church being dedicated, a church building. We're getting ready to do the widows program. We're going to hand out blankets to the widows and drink to the widows. And um, here comes those brown-headed crows. 
And I'm not like right there. They just start landing, trying to come around and nose around and see what's going on. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how it works, but it is interesting that that the fouls are associated. Here's our point, though. Here's the point we want to know. There is no rest in the world. As long as Israel isn't in the promised land, the place of rest, as long as they're out in the world being in bondage to the enemy, they're not going to find rest, just like that dove couldn't find rest, just like the nation who's disobedient to God, don't trust God, they're not going to find rest. And so this brings us to Ruth chapter 3, so, so we'll jump back there. Of course, we've already read this, but it brings us to a very good question. Ruth, uh, Naomi said, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And we get, we get a couple of, of maybe insights just quickly from this. Number one, she doesn't say, should I seek rest for you? Like, do you want me to seek rest for you? She says, should I not? Like, in other words, is there any reason you can think of that I wouldn't seek rest for you? That's a different question than should I seek rest for you. We used to have a teacher, and he would say that. He would say, is that not true? We'd say, no, that is true. Because it was like a negatively worded question. It's like, should I not seek rest for you? No, you should seek rest for me. Like, that's, it is a different question, though. And is a really good question because trying to seek for rest where it can't be found is exhausting and disheartening and discouraging and depressing. So the question is, what would keep you from like seeking rest where it can be found? That's a good question. And the thing is that it may be well with me. So in other words, it's not going to be well with you until you find this rest. It will be well with you once we find it. Should I not seek for it? And so, you know, that is encouraging to me. It would be encouraging to anyone who is maybe exhausted, disheartened, discouraged, Depressed. And the question is, are you are you ready to find the rest that is available? First Chronicles chapter 631. This is our sixth one. Interesting passage. First Chronicles 631. Chronicle 6 is this big long list of names. Then you get down to 31 and you see what who these people are. And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord. So he had a, he had a leaders meeting and he got the, the name of all the, the people that he set up over their worship ministry. Okay, But they couldn't do that until the ark was in place. Look at verse 31. 
They set up, he set them over the service of song in the house of the Lord. After that, the ark had rest. So this ark had been bouncing around from place to place to place because they lost it in battle. So now finally, the ark comes back to the place that God had ordained for it. It came back to the right place. And it's funny, the Bible says the ark had rest. That ark pictures the presence of God. So it's, it's within the tabernacle, and, and, and the ark came back to the place that God had planned for it, and that was a place of rest, the presence of God. After that, that's when worship was finally actuated, okay, through the tabernacle, then later in the temple. Like, worship isn't going to be right until God's presence is in the right place. Okay, last one. We're running short on time. Psalm 116. Psalm 116, verse 17. Okay, someone needs to hear this verse this morning. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. For the Lord hath dealt bountifully with thee. For thou, now, now we switch over, now we're talking to God. For thou hast Delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk with the Lord in the land of the living. Oh my goodness, what a what a beautiful picture we have in that verse of returning unto thy rest, oh my soul. See, most of the time when you talk to yourself, I think you're a little crazy, but if you're talking to your soul and you're saying, Soul, why are thou disquieted within me? Like, soul, return unto thy rest, for the Lord has felt bountifully in thee. What's he done? Well, he's delivered my soul from death. My eyes from tears. My feet from falling. That sounds so much better than this, doesn't it? Look at him. How about trading Psalm 116 for Deuteronomy 28.65? In Psalm 116, verses 7 and 8. Okay, and then you don't have to do that. That sounds a lot better, doesn't it? Return unto thy rest, O my soul, for the Lord that thou bountifully with thee. Oh my goodness. I love that. So, so just a couple things here. Our last key point. God has provided rest for us, and we should seek it until we find it. You guys know uh, when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down upon him. And we know that the Holy Spirit came down upon him without measure. Okay, It wasn't a limited dose of the Holy Spirit, like, like maybe we get it with the earnest of But what form was it that that Spirit came down upon him? It was like looked bodily like a dove. Okay, so you guys, the soul is sometimes pictured like that. In Psalm 84, the birds, they found a nest, they found a place to rest, even like altars. There is one day in your courts and a thousand elsewhere, right? So so you guys know, so so that soul. What I'm saying is the soul or spirit is sometimes pictured as a dove, right? Or trees from the Holy Spirit's How about 
Noah. You guys, we have Noah right here, right? What's Noah? Who's my help guys do this? Okay. What's Noah mean? Does anyone know? Noah means rest. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Return unto thy rest, O my soul. The dove goes out and can't find anywhere to rest. There's no rest for the soul of her foot. Why? Because of God's judgment upon the earth. It's a fallen world. There's nothing out there for it. So it has to return. And here's what happens. Noah puts his hand out and takes the dove and brings the dove back in. Okay? Return unto Noah, O oh my soul. Return unto your rest is what Psalm 116 said. Okay. That word Noah is in the word Manoah. The word Noah is in the word Manoah. Yes, it is. How about that? Okay. You guys, we're gonna look at this. We're gonna we're gonna be in, in Ruth primarily, but but at least we're gonna launch from there. But we're gonna be in the book of Hebrews and we're gonna be in, in the Old Testament. What we're gonna see over the next four weeks is how to seek and find the rest that God has for us and what he's done with the restless activity that this world sells us over and over and over again. So we're gonna we're gonna again demonic the, the heart for a redeemer. The E is how do we enter and what does that mean? S is stop. There's some things we have to stop. Like when God he stopped working and he rested. There's some things we have to stop, some things. And then the P is we have to figure out how to trust God in times of temptation and tribulation. Israel did fine until they got thirsty. Then they're cursing God and, and, and Moses and complaining and saying, we're going to go back to Egypt and God's not with us. Oh my goodness. Like, why not just ask for water? Why not ask God for water? You know, he's with you. How did you miss that whole Red Sea thing? Right? It's times of trials and tribulations where we take back control of our life and we leave the place of promise, we leave the place of rest, and we'll end up back in the world. God asks us that simple question. Are you done yet? Are you ready to return unto the rest? We're going to be looking at this. My next four messages, any more than that, that's the plan, is the next four messages. We're going to be looking at that together, so... So let me, we'll just conclude at this point for the sake of the recording and then, and then we'll do some questions. Uh, I just want to say something which is yes, uh, the truth. Because recently archaeologists found, uh, they said that they found Noah's Ark and they are 99.9% .9 sure that they did. And now in the Bible, we see that name of the mountain did not change because many places change names. Moab and, you know, Jordan. Yes. Ararat, 
is the mountain in Turkey. And it's mentioned in the Bible and now they found it in in real world. In Arabic. Yeah. So yeah. So this tells us that it is true. It is real. And it's not some fairy tale because ask one you to to Christ, we had our doubts. But then when you start reading and finding names and facts, it kind of like it's Scary. Yeah. So thank you. So so Amra saying they found Noah's Ark, they think, on Mount Ararat, which go figure. That's what Genesis says in Genesis 8. It landed on Mount Ararat. So that's affirming. You know what else is affirming, Amra? The more we study God's word, okay? So when I see that Psalm 116 is actually being pictured by Genesis chapter 8, verse 9. And then we'll see over and over and over again the same things being patterned and pictured and displayed in Scripture. It's very affirming that the same spirit that wrote Genesis was behind the writing of Psalms, even though they were written like a lot of years apart. The Bible's written by 41 authors on three continents over, what, 1,500, 2,000 years? And it all fits together perfectly if, if we study it and we see the themes and we see these things come up over and over and over again, which is why we're trying to switch it over to the whiteboard. Dennis and Dave are going to give us a, a, a whiteboard that works better than this one. I'm going to start doing more teaching just for that reason to affirm God's word to us for what it is. So, um, hey, Chris, another, yes, another question. Uh, do we know which word is used for rest in uh, Matthew 11 28 to 29? Because that seems to be fitting with the theme. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. All right, so so Matthew what? 11, 28, and 29. Come to me, all you who labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You guys are, you guys are, are getting ahead. <laughs> so that word is a New Testament word, so it's, it's a Greek word, it's not a Hebrew word. Okay. So, you know, but it's the same word in English. You know what a Mandelbrot set is? Many math guys in here, Mike knows. Like, so it's like um, something is made up of smaller parts. And those smaller parts follow exactly the same pattern as the whole. And then you look at those smaller parts and it's made up of even smaller parts. <coughs> and all those parts are like the same pattern. So for example, like if I look at an atom, you know what an atom looks like? I mean, theoretically, like a solar system. it looks like the solar system. And so there's things like that, where just the more you see it, you just see it over and over and over and over again. The end of our Bible, the bride and the spirit say, come. Come, drink of the waters, rest. Jesus says, I will 
if you rest. And, and, and we're going to be looking back as we see our Redeemer and how to enter into that and all these different things. But yeah, you got, that's that's exactly where we're headed. It's how to find the rest that we have in Christ. Any other questions? Any other thoughts, comments? We're not have time for small groups. But don't conclude because I have to say something about Heartland and conference and how you're gonna organize. Yeah. Well, let me pray. We'll just ask for God's blessing. If you come up on pray, and then you can talk to us about driving down to Heartland to, to make Bibles. Yeah. If you gotta go get kids, all right, go ahead and get kids. Then when we're done, we're gonna have our leaders meeting. All right, Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. God, the world leaves us restless. It's just there's nothing in there, and we end up, some people are disheartened. They've already given up. They're trying to get by, and, uh, you know, other people are discouraged and depressed. I've, I've spent years of my life restless, and it's the only way to live. So, God, we ask you for the peace, for the rest that, that you offer to us that over the next few weeks in this class. You just open our eyes, how to enter into that rest and what that looks like and what it means. Uh, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.